0: This episode of Weed and Grub at Hall of Flowers is presented by Smoking Paper. Smoking is one of the leading brands in rolling papers. You can find smoking on five continents and in more than 100 countries worldwide. Slim, king size, hemp, there's a smoking paper for every kind of roll. Smoking is committed to quality papers and respect for the environment. Follow at Smoking Paper on Instagram or go to smokingpaper.com. Smoking, roll with it. Shuggies. Shuggies is on a mission to sweeten people's lives and create little moments of happiness and joy every day. Isn't that nice?
1: That's so nice. <laughs> so Shuggies is infused cane sugar and infused agave nectar.
0: And you can use Shuggies wherever you would want something to be a little sweeter, like stir it into your coffee in the morning or brew up a batch of lemonade on a hot summer afternoon.
1: That sounds so refreshing. I would use it in baking.
0: Oh, what would you make?
1: Right now, I'm kind of into snickerdoodles, if I'm gonna be honest. I I feel like they're the. Yeah, right? Like nobody remembers them, and every time I see one, I'm so pleased. So I'm trying to find a really good snickerdoodle recipe right now.
0: Yeah, make a fat snickerdoodle and put some shuggies on it and call it a shuggy doodle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: Check them out at Sugis.com. That's S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com. Or find them on Instagram at that Shugies feeling.
1: Yeah, that Suggies Feeling. I want that feeling all the time.
0: Yeah, elevate your everyday with Suggies.
2: Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub.
1: What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? This is pretty fun. Yeah, happy fall. Happy October. How ha- are you? I'm great. Yeah, thank you. What were you gonna say? Happy I, October. I, I, I don't know.
0: I'm just feeling so like fresh and pink-cheeked and apple-eyed. Wait, is that a word?
1: Apple-eyed. Apple-eyed. <laughs> apple-eyed. It's fun to say. I, yeah. Anything should be a word if it's enough fun. Yeah. Apple-eyed. Apple-eyed.
0: I was just thinking of like cr- crunching into a crisp apple and how that makes your eyes feel. You know, no. Like you know when you when you when you just feel happy and like your eyes like missed up a little bit because of like whatever it is that you're experiencing, and I was thinking of crunching into a crisp fall apple and how that would make my eyes happy.
1: Really? Is that weird? No, that's beautiful. Oh, yeah. It makes your eyes happy. Yeah. I get it. I totally get it. Like a pink delicious that when you bite it, it almost comes off in one big crunchy piece. And the sound. Perfectly cold. Yeah. yeah. And
0: it, I like to put my apples in the fridge so they're always cold.
1: Oh, you gotta. Mm -hmm. I don't know what a crisper does versus the rest of the fridge, but I do know a cold (laughs) apple is the way to go. I
0: think the crisper is where you put your vegetables because it keeps them humid.
1: That's bullshit. They don't
0: wilt. That's bullshit. It's totally true and it actually works and you should use your crisper.
1: No, really? Mm -hmm. That's the idea?
0: What are you, cancelling crispers?
1: I kind of almost (laughs) thought about cancelling crispers coming out hot. October, first October up and I'm coming out cancelling crispers.
0: Wow. Do they...
1: They don't work. They
0: absolutely work.
1: It's a plastic drawer.
0: Yeah. And it's strategically located at the bottom of your, of your fridge. So it maintains a humidity that the rest of like, if you put your parsley
2: mm-hmm.
0: on your top shelf of your fridge mm-hmm. and leave it overnight, it will wilt. If you put it in the crisper and close that drawer, the next morning your parsley will be all um, bright and green and fluffy.
1: So that's the test that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like this test. I will go buy two bush- bushels of parsley.
0: Bushels now.
1: What are they called? A
0: bushel is like like a it's like this much.
1: Oh, that's like a like whole a, shrub.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> What's a a bunch?
1: A bunch. A How many bunches are in a bushel?
0: Ooh, I don't know. Sixty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna guess sixty-eight bunches to a bushel.
1: I love that you're creating the herb met the metrics of herbs. 124 perfect stems for this to a episode. bunch. 68
0: bunches to a bushel. <laughs> 49 bushels to a bale and one bale per Christian.
1: <laughs> oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Oh, that's fun. Welcome to Weed and
0: Grub, everybody. Hi. Right. <laughs> Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast. <laughs> I
1: can't breathe.
0: About cannabis, comedy, oh. cooking, culture, and calling shit out. Oh. Uh, and apples one
1: christian to a bale <laughs> oh my god what a start this is my favorite start and, oh. <laughs> talk about i missed yeah you've got my eyes going i was I'm. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> my god so good okay so to put a pin in that i will buy some bunches of parsley okay and we will use do you have a crisper i do i don't have a crisper in my fridge Weird. Yeah. What
0: does your fridge look like?
1: I'm just an open cave <laughs> with some shelves. You
0: get in there sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes
1: I'd lock in. I'm like, just have a moment. You
0: just sleep in there.
1: <laughs> you know, nobody can hear you scream from the fridge.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. That's your <laughs> screaming closet. <laughs> my fridge, AKA my screaming closet. Yeah. You know, there was like a, a spate of this is very weird. And I can't, I don't know even. Well, in the 80s, there was like a whole thing where people, kids were like getting shut in fridges.
1: There was a punky Brewster. A uh, PSA TV show about it because they played a hide and go seek and a kid almost died yeah. inside the fridge. It's
0: like take your door, take the fridge door off the hinges when you're taking your fridge to the dump because someone could crawl in there and expire. Yeah, there's a great scene in The Leftovers. Did you ever see that amazing show The Leftovers?
1: No. Ugh,
0: one of my favorite shows of all time, and there's a yeah really scary scene where someone gets locked in a fridge. Damn. What I'm saying, Mike, is don't get in your fridge if. I'm not there to open the door to let you out, okay? Okay, heard. Cool.
1: Thank you. Uh, right. Do you think there'd be a PSA show now, but it'd be about vaping?
0: Totally. Like
1: f- vapes are the new fridges?
0: Vapes are the new fridges. Yeah. Totally. It's scary. It vape is. Vapegate. Yeah.
1: Yeah, fridgegate, gate.
0: Yeah. Mm, okay. Definitely. If you have an illicit vape, uh, throw it away. Only use vapes that are yeah legit, and that means that they're from a legal weed store in a state with legal cannabis, so it's been lab tested
1: please that's the psa fuck yes
0: i do have some a little bit of weed
1: oh yeah what is that
0: so okay greater goods is this uh oregon confection company a candy company and they make cannabis infused confections and they're opening up their very first brick and mortar store uh, i think on october 17th in portland um yeah they're gonna be opening up uh on 7th avenue in Portland. And I was just at this retreat, um, and I met the founders of Greater Goods, and I got these Pop Rocks, and they have weed in them. So I'm going to try them on the pod. You want to try some? Hell
1: yeah. Fun. You ready? Yeah. Hold okay. on. Let me pour some in my hands so I don't put my mouth on your package. Okay. Ready? Weird. Yeah. <laughs> I knew what I said, and I was hoping you'd <laughs> jump on it. Thank you. <laughs>
0: okay. Ready? Yeah.
1: Go. Go. They taste real nice. They're lemony. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I love Pop Rocks.
1: I love Pop Rocks, too. Oh. oh. <laughs> this is fun. Greater goods. Oh, they call them dynamites, too. Oh, yeah. That's so fun. Sign me the fuck up. Oh, my God. Sign me up. Woo. My mouth is like a fireworks party. Mm, that's awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, congratulations on your opening, guys. And if you're in Oregon, I can't talk. go check them out.
1: <laughs> man, I love that you can now go into a brick and mortar store called Greater Goods and buy CBD Pop Rocks. Like, look at where we're living. And THC treats. And THC? Yeah. See, man, life is life is fun. Life is beautiful. Yo. And it's
0: so cool to think that, you know, in April when we went from Alaska to LA, we really did see the extent of legal cannabis from all the way up in Anchorage, all the way down, like, every state and province all the way down the West Coast has legal cannabis. So, you know, if you're in a state where you can't get legal cannabis, come come west.
1: Come west. Or, you know, hopefully podcasts like this one mm-hmm. and um, Great Moments in Weed History and so many others, like, I don't know, we're all doing our part. Yeah. And we're all doing the best we can to help change the world to make it a better place.
0: Yeah. This podcast is changing the world for the better.
1: I do believe that.
0: I'm actually going to put more in my mouth while well, I look up. Okay. Don't. Oh, wait. I
1: Have love them. that people DM you asking you to read, like, sexy foods on the air, and um. now you're doing, like, pop rock AM- ASMR. Everybody's going to just be, you know, getting a little sweaty. <laughs> 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 oh, uh. Did you know that, like, I don't know, like, you did you see Magic Mike or Magic Mike 2 in the theaters?
0: I saw Magic Mike... In the theater, here at home with my laptop.
1: Oh, so you could pause it, and I rewind. Might have and... paused it
0: and rewound it a couple times. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, bed sheets. Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> playing it through the Bluetooth, so you could hear it over the buzz of a. Oh my a goodness! Bee.
0: What are you insinuating? <laughs> Did I stop Magic Mike to masturbate? I'm shocked are you shocked (laughs) my monocle popped out oh yeah as danny danko would say yeah yeah
1: you know what popped out
0: oh okay listen
1: i don't Um. know i just love that like god cbd pop rocks is a thing now look at where we live look at like what life is when people are just trying to like make the world a better place and fight on the good side of humanity
0: cannabis is legal all, all up and down the West Coast, there's so much good stuff going on. And you know, if you if you're n- if you don't have access to legal weed where you are, come west because things are great here. Yeah.
1: Or if you live in a place that doesn't have legal weed, uh, you know, hopefully you've joined organizations and are doing your part to. Kind of raise awareness and change the game because one way or another, federal legalization is coming. But it depends how we want to build the machine. Yeah, we're in the time of being able to build it. Let's build it the right fucking way.
0: Absolutely, and we're hearing from like readers, or readers, readers of Weed and Grub around the world. Oh, (laughs) are you still doing those transcripts?
1: (laughs) I didn't know you were still writing it out. They
0: they read them in the car on the way to work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just driving with your knee with forty pages of nonsense.
0: Oh my God! Nope.
1: Remember when, remember when Mary Jane broke down bushes to bales? <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> just reading that. Yeah, yeah. Propped up
0: on the wind, on the windscreen on the windshield. Oh, <laughs> the um. No, but we heard from a, a listener in Australia who wrote in to say that he loves the pod and he is excited because they have just advanced um, legalizing possession of cannabis. In pardon me, those pop rocks went down the wrong way. They've le- they're have they legalizing possession of cannabis that will be hopefully formalized in January in Australia.
1: That's right. So I
0: said I want to, we should go celebrate.
1: Let's go to Australia. And
0: light one up in Australia.
1: Yo, would love to. Go down under. Yeah. And uh, smoke one up. Cool. Smoke one up down under. Yep. Mary Jane.
0: I'm leaving you hanging. I'm sorry. Don't. Smoke one up down under. Yeah. Yeah. You can hot box the, I don't know.
1: Ugh. Ugh. Man.
0: The Great Barrier Reefer, am I right? Oh, there it was. It just took
1: a little time. (laughs) (laughs) My brain is, yeah. I feel insane today, Mary Jane.
0: I listen. We've got a lot going on. We've got yeah. There's just a lot in the air. It's fucking fall. It's squash season.
1: It is squash season. Yeah. Yo, I don't know if I'm a fan of squashes, though. If I'm going to be honest, well,
0: there are so many good squashes to be a fan of. What are you not a fan of?
1: I just feel like you know the butternut is the butternut is like a table. Like it's sturdy. It's reliable. Yes. You can put things on it, and mm-hmm. it's going to show up every single time. Yep. And uh, that doesn't excite me. You know. Oh,
0: but there are so many others. Do you want to hear some names of some amazing squashes that I looked up because I knew that we were going to talk about squash? <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I
1: didn't. I I've. Let me guess. There's spaghetti. Uh,
0: yes, that is. There's one.
1: butternut. Yes. Um. There's. What's another squash? Squash blossoms.
0: Uh, how about the bush delicata squash, or the. Pink Banana Jumbo Squash.
1: Ooh, wait, say that one again.
0: Pink Banana Jumbo Squash. <laughs> or the um, Eight Ball Squash. The bonbon bon Squash. The Gold Rush Squash. The Sunshine Kabocha Squash.
1: These are fun. Right? So many. I had no idea. I didn't know that the squash category was deep and wide.
0: Yeah, there's so many varieties of squash that you just, you know, everyone thinks like pumpkin, butternut, spaghetti. That's That's it. it. But there's like, yeah, the, did I say acorn squash or sweet dumpling squash or red curry squash or sugar pumpkin?
1: Ooh, a sugar pumpkin, a that sugar sounds pumpkin. nice. With Thanksgiving around the bend, I'd mm. love to find a sugar pumpkin and see what that's about.
0: Yeah, that makes me think of when I was, uh, I think I was probably like 18, I was living on my own for the first time and I bought some of those decorative gourds thinking that I could eat them. And I like didn't wash them or pierce them or anything, I just put them in the oven and like put it on 400. And the whole apartment filled up with a super toxic smoke, it smelled <laughs> like paint thinner, it was horrible. And then I took them out and tried to eat them and- um, Oh, you still- Yeah, mm. it was a bad experience. I was <sighs> young and naive.
1: Because those things are like shellacked, right? They're, 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 they're painted. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, it's like they put a squash in a cast. Yeah, or in a tomb or yeah. something.
0: The sign says "decorative gourd," <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna." That's that's gonna be oh, yes, my first squash good. experience. I really didn't know what I was doing.
1: That's okay. I didn't know there was that many. They need more squash. Needs a better PR team. Yeah. Right? Like, all of a sudden, you know, when tomato season pops off, like, the tomato game is out of control. Cherry is taking a back seat, even though it's tried and true, for all these heirlooms and Mm -hmm. so on and so on. And next thing you know, burrata's on every menu. But you don't see... Anybody doing squash moves. We're, We're, well,
0: you know what? Squash needs. What squash does it need? needs its own Oberon Sinclair.
1: Yes. Remember who Oberon Sinclair was? She created the kale boom. Yeah. Yes. Single-handedly.
0: Yes. According to all reports, according to our extensive research.
1: We looked up a I Internet.
0: read one article. <laughs> I think it was on Medium.
1: <laughs> no, Written was, by her.
0: <laughs> no, it was actually on Mind Body Green. But remember when we talked in that app, I think it was called Kale Conspiracies and Orange Juice Lies, mm-hmm. where we actually found out, you know, because I think you had asked. You were like, why the fuck is kale a thing? I fucking hate it. It's in every goddamn bowl. It's sweet green. It hurts my mouth. Yes. And yeah, it is good for you. And it's a superfood. And it's green and leafy and full of iron and all of that goodness. Blah, 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 blah. I also am not a big fan of kale.
1: No, but it's everywhere. And it's shoved down your throat, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Squash seems like it needs an Oberon Sinclair.
0: Yeah. Where's the Oberon Sinclair of
1: squash? Because do you think that at this point, like, because pumpkin is so prominent and it's like, it is tied to fall. Like, it is in the cultural fabric fabric of fall. Yeah, that, Charlie
0: Brown. I mean, it's yeah, everything. right? Yeah.
1: So basically, they don't need the PR anymore. They're like, we've got this on lock. If, you got, if you're in the pumpkin game, you know what's coming. Just have a good harvest.
0: Yeah, pumpkins are so prominent. And pr- the, the, primacy, the pri- primacy of pumpkins being prominent in the squash
1: game oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> means that there's no room for the other squash to breathe. They're feeling squashed.
1: Damn, you are on fire today. Oh my gosh.
0: It's squashing the other squashes out cuz you know, fucking pumpkin spice lattes and Yankee pumpkin scented candles and all of that stuff. There's no room for the um bush delicata squash, which I really need to look up cuz I just I've never even heard of such a thing. Bush delicata squash, what does it look like? It looks like Oh, yeah. You've seen it before. It It kind of looks like that stripey. Oh, I love those. You know, the dark green kind of stripes running from end to end, and then it's orange inside, you know, squash colored. Um, It
1: almost looks like a a weed seed.
0: Yeah, it totally does look like a little weed seed. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Damn. Yeah. I would do some squash PR if I could.
0: Yeah, let's do some squash PR. We can like, you know, dream up the American Squash Association for ourselves and then, you know, just put it out there. Please. Yeah, it'll be our our new venture.
1: Pumpkins have had their time. I'm tired of squashes being cast aside to the decorative corner of the room. Mm -hmm. They deserve more. At first, I was calling them a table. But now that I'm thinking about how much I like to fight for the little guy. yeah. I think squashes need to be the new pumpkin.
0: And you love to get baked, and squashes like to be baked.
1: Come it's a on. natural fit. Yo. Yeah. That would be really fun. Like in a Gold Leaf journal, if you had all the squash categories, oh, and yeah. you were able to like do recipe testing for what the perfect squash is for what application.
0: I would love that. And you know what? I am getting a... I decided because I bought some butternut squash noodles the other day, because I'm trying to... Well, I'm thinking about maybe doing kind of a Whole30 thing again. But anyway, I bought these butternut squash noodles. They were super expensive and it costs so much. And it's so much less if you buy a squash and break it down yourself. And I was thinking of buying a spiralizer.
1: Yo, if you get one of those, can I come over and play with it?
0: Yeah, wouldn't it be fun to like make a bunch of different squash noodles and test them out?
1: That sounds really yeah. fun. We
0: make like zucchini noodles and bush delicata noodles. I feel and-
1: like those zoodle makers are one of those things when I first saw it and I was like, oh, cool novel- novelty gift. I'd never use it. Mm-hmm. But now that they're in blister packs in every grocery store in LA yeah. and I look at them, I'm like, I don't want to spend that on that. I'm kind of yeah. right in the same category where I'm like, yo, I do like eating them and I do feel better when I put this kind of vegetable. Is it a vegetable? It's a fruit.
0: The squash Yeah, is a vegetable.
1: But it has seeds, right?
0: Yeah, all vegetables have seeds
1: no fruits have seeds like tomato is a fruit because yeah, it has seeds vegetables banana
0: have seeds as well
1: i thought the category of f- fruit to veg was veg don't have seeds
0: mm, we'll have to look into this am i wrong i'm gonna look it up okay hang on a second do vegetables have seeds huh first google hit most vegetables E.g. bean pods, squashes, and tomatoes are the non-sweet fruits of flat flowering plants, which means that they have seeds. But these vegetables have seeds, vegetables that are not fruits. Oh, so you're right. Squash are fruit.
1: Squash are fruit.
0: But they're vegetable fruit.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> when science <laughs> was to trying to, to... Yeah, welcome to Weed and Grub. <laughs> when science was like, we need to categorize everything. It's chaos out here.
0: Look, if it has nipples and makes milk, it's a mammal. Cool.
1: (laughs) We're good. We're good. Look, there's nine animals out there. There's not possibly going to be any more ever. We've got the mammals. There's six to nine. They all make milk. That's that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean a seahorse is both sexes? That's not what we (laughs) signed up for when we got into the science game. (laughs) Wowzers. Oh, look, Archie's laying down.
0: Oh, he's so sweet. Job. I need to. I got some CBD treats for him from a, a CBD pet company that shipped me some uh, dog treats, and he's he's liking them, and I feel like it's kind of you know helping him out because he's a bit of an anxious fellow.
1: He's been anxious as long as I've known him.
0: He's got some attachment issues. Would
1: you? Would you? Like, is that helpful if you take him to the vet or something to like write stuff like CBD treats down? Or is it just like, eh, if he's good, he's good and life is okay?
0: I my vet has not really been on board with the whole CBD treat thing yet. They're pretty traditional. But I know that there are a lot of companies in California. You can go into some dispensaries and buy like vet CBD for your anxious dogs. And there are some. Yeah, there are some places that are making good, great stuff for animals who have anxiety issues. And Goldleaf actually just introduced a pet journal so you can actually jot down when you're giving your animals CBD.
1: Oh, get out of town. Yeah. Really?
0: Yeah. It's called The Pet Jotter and it's uh, just a little notebook. It's 42 pages and it's specifically designed to demystifying the challenge of integrating CBD into your furry best friend's holistic health plan. I like it. Yeah. And you can find that at shopgoldleaf.com. They're awesome. And it's just, yeah, it's one, another addition to their amazing array of notebooks where they have like patient journals and cannabis cooking journals and medical cannabis recipe card or reference cards. And they have recipes. Cat Cora's got an amazing recipe in their recipe. Really? card bundle. really Yeah. They're great.
1: Iron Chef Cat Cora. Mm-hmm. Ooh. We should have her on the pod. She should be on this pod. Putting oh. that in the air. Yo, let's do a fucking Cat Cora uh, squash.
0: Oh. Yeah yeah
1: right Goldleaf I've been using quite a bit and I like their Instagram as well so I may as well just shout it out because I am appreciative of them and it is at Goldleaf on Instagram except get rid of that O you don't need an O in Goldleaf if you're gonna go to the Instagram it's actually Goldleaf 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 Glottal stop so
0: gross what is gross for you about that the word glottal, glottal. oh you don't like the word glottal Glottal. like it it oh. is such a perfect
1: onomatopoeia to me where you can actually like i can picture the throat move mm-hmm. because of the perfection of that word mm-hmm. and it's so gross glottal yeah oh. don't like it not for me
0: okay some people don't like the word moist You're grow up word that's hack yeah i know
1: um, I'd also like to shout out hoodies for a moment, okay? Because it is currently hoodies with shorts season, oh. and that is my favorite fashion in the world. Yeah, uh, a dope hoodie with cool art, clean sneakers, and some shorts. <sighs> the rest of my life. That's a good look. It's when I was in Denver doing the Gateway Show in oh, Colorado yeah. Springs and in uh, Denver for the High Plains Fest. All the leaves are crunchy. The air is thin. Where is their air?
0: uh dissipated because they're a mile up
1: why are they then go down like go to where the air is because i was so out of breath everywhere mm -hmm. i had two beers and it felt like nine i had like six hits of weed and it felt like 20. like where is their air they need to go to where it is or they need to get it up there because that is unbelievable well
0: that's why you have to acclimatize and that's why athletes actually train at altitude because your body makes more red blood cells in order to maximize the oxygen in the air
1: So are they healthier than me at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. Like when they come down. I'm complaining. Yep. I'm sorry. But like, so when I'm complaining, it's because I am less healthy than them and their red blood cells are better than mine. They have
0: superior bodies. Yes. Because they have actually lived in that altitude where they have acclimatized. And so when they come down to earth, down to LA, for instance, and if you were like, you know, go for a long walk with them, they would, they would have a healthier stride and and a more robust experience
1: that's fascinating Mm -hmm. no wonder i'm talking mad shit it's because i'm a beta compared to them (laughs) but the shows were amazing thank you to the gateway show for taking me uh thank you to two sold-out shows. Colorado Springs was amazing. I would love to thank everyone for coming out to Colorado Springs and performing in Denver at the International Church of Cannabis, which is a fucking trip. Whoa. Um, if you go online, my iPhone 6 doesn't have good enough pictures, so I really only took one. But um, if you go online and Google International Church of Cannabis, you'll see some really trippy art covering the walls of that place. And to be able to perform in a church dabbed out of my mind was... Uh, Pretty special. So, thank you all for coming out. Thank you to the Gateway Show. Sorry, I couldn't catch my breath the entire time. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was you. It turns out it's me. It, that's kind of what therapy is also teaching me: is that it's mostly me, and it's not your fault. Um, but I'm doing the best I can. And uh, yeah, thank you all for coming.
0: That's fucking awesome i touched
1: a lot of people's tummies during my stage during my set at the church of cannabis
0: with what part of your body
1: my tummy we we did like tummy to tummy bare tummy touching Mm -hmm. it was really fun and it was a fun connection with with strangers
0: that's a nice connection touching a tummy
1: yeah nobody i was like does anyone want to touch tummies and two different people ran on stage to touch my tummy to their tummy
0: that's nice it was really fun do you remember did you ever watch will and grace uh no Oh, uh, there's a great scene where Karen, Megan Mullally, and Jack, Sean Hayes, they like decide that they like kind of right off the top when they meet, they touch tummies. And they do, like, and then they're best friends forever. Oh, it's shit. it's a really beautiful because that's so intimate.
1: It's so intimate,
0: but non-sexual.
1: Yeah, there was nothing about it. It was two um, two men. I don't I don't know their sexual orientation at all. But yeah, mm-hmm. there was nothing. Um, promiscuous about it
0: in a way it's kind of like less intimate than a hug because you're not touching like I find like hugging sometimes because I have big boobs is you know like they'll get squashed up against someone and occasionally I'll hug someone and feel a little like uncomfortable
1: totally and if you do a side hug Mm -hmm. it's so disingenuous and it feels like I didn't want to touch you in the first place it feels a
0: little detached yeah. yeah so maybe we should just start a tummy touching movement
1: I love it for fall Fall is for the tummy touches, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because nice. it, it did have a very care bear feel to it. Also, yeah. because when you parted tummies, mm-hmm. you definitely feel that connection. Uh-huh. Like you feel the energy between, um, between them. That's it nice. was it was really cool. Okay, okay
0: let's we'll like start this. that tummy touching movement.
1: Can we make a boomerang for the Weed and Grub Instagram of, of, us, touching of us touching tummies?
0: Sure. <laughs> The Care Bear the Care Bear Tommy Touch Stare? That's great. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. This is awesome.
0: We have a guest that we need to get to. <laughs> <laughs> totally
1: he's in keeping so, with all of this. He's so brilliant too. Oh, he's oh, fucking man. brilliant. I
0: can't believe we just argued about whether or not squashes are vegetables because he's...
1: He kind of cracked the code on how to find the cannabis strain for you. Yeah. Yeah. He's and a
0: neuroscientist who trained at Harvard. Exactly. And he's the chief research scientist from Leafly. So let's get to him. But first, got to do Buds of the Week real quick.
1: I just want my Bud of the Week to be Colorado. Like, I'd never been there before. Um, so many people came out to watch The Gateway Show, made a bunch of new friends, and... I don't know. I just want to thank the Gateway Show and Billy Anderson. Um what a fucking weekend. Yeah. One for the memories. And yeah. real quick at the Airbnb there we there was like a little attic dungeon area. Um oh. no no wait. An attic yeah. and a dungeon are two very different places.
0: Well, one is up and one is down.
1: <laughs> yeah. What's the under one? Cellar.
0: Yeah, not a dungeon. <laughs> Your family dungeon.
1: <laughs> Where's the wine? In the dungeon. In the dungeon.
0: Come on. <laughs> Like the, just when, go past the moat one, you know, one turn around the dragon, and then there's yeah.
1: I'm so hung up on PR today, and so all I'm thinking is like, once castles went out of style, and they were like houses. We're doing houses now, and they had to rebrand the basement because right. it was called the dungeon, and nobody was buying a home.
0: I said cellar. We have to call it the cellar now, <laughs> guys. Get with it. It's 1748. Yeah. We're saying cellar now. It's not the root dungeon it's the root cellar. cool so
1: <laughs> i'm glad we cracked the code on sellers versus dungeons nice thank you who's your butt of the week
0: my butt of the week is pixel squad official it's just at Pickles, at pixel squad official on insta and uh pixel squad is a family of nerds and artists i heard from pixel squad when i was working at high Times so a long time ago i just make really cool stuff um here i'll show you a picture oh there's a picture of A little dog wearing a sunshine kush hat oh this is great do you mind if i hold this yeah yeah they make a really amazing art using beads that then look pixelated
1: whoa this is cool hold on pixel squad official Mm -hmm. love this yeah good find
0: and they just wrote and said that they dig the pod and um yeah, we were just like chatting back and forth about artwork and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, it's just really cool to have known someone like back in the day when I was at High Times to hit me up now and say, Hey, listen to the pod and, you know, glad to hear you're doing well. And I just wanted to shut them out because, yeah, they're just really neat. They make cool stuff like a lot of like Avengers and um, like Did I Mario see a Donkey Brothers Kong. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. So give them a follow at Pixel Squad Official and they're my bud of the week.
1: Great bud of the week. Yeah. Now we can get to our VIB.
0: Okay. So I actually
1: he's almost can i say very important brain
0: oh how about that that is awesome
1: yeah because yes he's a very important bud but also the way he's questioning cannabis at this time is so important yeah and i'm so thankful we got an exclusive with somebody who is literally changing the game
0: so nick jacoma's has a degree in neuroscience from Harvard, and he's Leafly's principal research scientist. Yeah, and when we met with him at Hall of Flowers, they, uh, Leafly was announcing this um, whole new way of classifying and categorizing cannabis strains that is absolutely going to change the game. And you can go to leafly.com and see what they're up to over there right now. It's the coolest. And basically, he, he kind of explains it all in this app. So I don't want to get too much into it, but... Uh,
1: I don't want to get too into it either, but I will say... Um, I got to find my strain, yeah, and what speaks to me on Leafly, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to post that picture because now every time I walk into a dispensary, I have more knowledge. I know what's going to work for me. There's less risk, and God damn it, I'm thankful for people like him saying this doesn't seem like it's fitting all of the. You know what it is? It's it's the exact same way. What were we talking about at the beginning of the EP? Squashes. Yes, but before that, apples. Apples. No. After that,
0: parsley. Crispers.
1: Crispers. No. Christian Bale. Oh, it is squash. Okay. It is squash. <laughs> oh my
0: God.
2: Yes. Okay.
1: Because it's like it's like <laughs> butternut. It's like butternut. Go. It's like butternut decorative. <laughs> I got her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh huh. Okay, yes, it is like
1: squash. It is like squash because it's like, oh, all I know about is like butternut, um, Mm -hmm. decorative, and what's the third one? Spaghetti, maybe? Spaghetti, right? But that's indica-sativa hybrid in this situation. It's like, no, 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 there's so many more elements to this that work inside of those categories that we really need to question everything and rebuild it in a way that makes sense for all mankind.
0: And it's yeah, they're incorporating terpenes. Humankind terp- terpen- sorry. Her, humankind, exactly. Yeah, they're incorporating terpenes into the profiles and I I just think it's like it's it really is the future of how people are going to think about strains of weed and i found my strain and it looks completely different from your strain in the schematic like with the we'll post them we'll post the pictures and we'll you know put links in the show um notes and everything so people can go to leafly.com and check it out
1: you have to go it is so fun and so educational at the same time which checks every box for yeah
0: it's amazing and we're so grateful to nick for sitting down with us and giving us this exclusive interview very cool to be dropping this news right as leafly dropped it and unveiled it to the whole world
1: Pretty incredible. Thank you to Leafly. Uh, Thank you, Mary Jane. Happy October.
0: Happy October, Mike. Thank you.
1: With that, do you want to get to the interview?
0: Yeah. Without further ado, here is Nick Giacomas. Magical butter. Magical butter. How much fun is that? Magical butter is the best machine for making all of your edibles at home.
1: Let me ask you three questions. Okay. Can I make infused chocolates? Yes. Gummies? Yes. Tinctures? Yes. Oils? Yes. Butter? That
0: was five. (laughs) (laughs) And yes. And you can buy magical ghee from MagicalButter.com And that's Whole30 approved and compliant So you can infuse your own ghee And then still be on your Whole30 diet
1: Ooh, that sounds I'm actually thinking about doing Whole30 again
0: Well, you should get your Magical Butter machine And get that ghee going
1: Get that ghee going Get that
0: ghee going MagicalButter.com <laughs> Use promo code checkup for 20%
1: off And check out their Instagram Because it is the sexiest food pics I've ever seen So go to magi- at MagicalButter And peep it, follow it, like it, fave it comment
0: <laughs> lick it like it love it they're good vibes all day good people doing good things magicalbutter.com use the promo code weed and grub at checkout give them a follow and make your own edibles at home man why you know what goes into them and i will feel so good yeah
1: that should be their tagline yeah magical butter
0: you know what goes into it and then you feel good <laughs> magicalbutter.com promo code weed and grub at checkout will get you 20 percent off
1: what up Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing
0: great, thank you. How are you? Feeling fly? Yeah, I'm feeling great here at Hall of Flowers. Yeah. And we're here with Nick from Leafly. Can you say your name and title so everyone knows exactly who you are and what you do?
2: Uh, yeah, my name is Nick Giacomas and I am Principal Research Scientist at Leafly.
0: And I want to ask you about your background first. Okay. How did you become a Principal Research Scientist at Leafly?
2: Um, good question. Well, back in 2016, I started at Leafly. So, um, also in 2016, I finished my PhD. So, I did a PhD in in neuroscience at Harvard University. So, I was out east, on the east coast. And I knew knew in my last year or so of graduate school that I didn't want to continue in academia. And so, I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And long story short, I knew I wanted to go into data science. I knew that I loved cannabis. and, and, And cannabis was really booming, or starting to boom at the time. So, I started to think, well, maybe... Maybe I can do data science stuff for the cannabis industry. And I knew about Leafly. Leafly was only, th- really the only app I knew about, the only technology company in cannabis that I even knew about. And I had been using it for a little while. And I went to a cannabis convention, and I saw that someone from Leafly was there, and I just started talking to them, and it just worked out. Dude, what was your thesis? Uh, My on- thesis? Um, so I actually studied the neuroscience of, of motivation and perception and behavior and and the intersection of those things. And so in particular, what we did was we we tried to figure out how neural networks in the brain change sensory representations based on an animal's motivation. So, for example, we... um, Well, think about McDonald's or something, right? McDonald's, what's the logo for McDonald's? Yeah, beautiful yellow M. Swoopy, yeah, Yeah. Yeah, arcs. And, And you had to learn that the golden arches associated with mcdonald's and cheeseburgers and fries and all those things there's nothing intrinsically meaningful about the golden arches it's an arbitrary symbol but your brain has learned to tie the association between that symbol and and food so you might see golden arches and become hungry simply because you see that symbol you said that in my mouth yeah. straight up watered. like exactly. i have Pavl- i'm pavlo's exactly dog or whatever yeah, exactly that
0: fish fillet right now
2: <laughs> exactly and so what we were doing and i worked in mice so all of this is in, in mice And what we did was we tried to figure out how an animal's perception of of a visual cue associated with food changed depending on its hunger state. So we could actually control the animal's hunger state by controlling its neurons and its brain, and we could actually record from neurons. And we can teach the animals to do things like associate arbitrary symbols and visual cues with food or with other things. And then we can look at what happens to how they behave in reaction to those things or how their brain is processing those things when they're hungry or not hungry. Wow. So am I Am I actually hungry or not? You can, yes, you can be made to be hungry by something. You can be made hungry even even when your body has everything it needs, and that's part of like you know part of the the motivation for for that research um, had to do with things like food addiction and the obesity epidemic, right? We we live in an environment today where we are just surrounded everywhere by signals that really palatable, tasty food is always around, and those sensory signals override our you know our body's you know quote unquote real hunger signals, so that we eat more than we actually need to. Um, That's the basic idea is figuring out how that process worked so that hopefully we can figure out how to help things like um, food addiction.
1: Absolutely. I mean, Red Lobster hasn't changed their commercials in (laughs) 40 years because it's that effective. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's splashy, buttery, bouncy lobster (laughs) tail. Yeah. It looks great.
2: Unbelievable. Probably
0: doesn't taste very good,
1: though. Yeah. So I <laughs> didn't. I
2: didn't study cannabis um, or canna- cannabinoid signaling or anything directly for my thesis work, but that was always an area I was very interested in. And a lot of the analeti- al- analytical tools and techniques for, for analyzing data that I learned in graduate school are what I actually use to do to do the stuff that that we do at Leafly.
0: And what are you doing now at Leafly? Because I know you've got some exciting news.
2: Yeah. So long story short. Basically, what we have done is we've completely reimagined cannabis and reimagined Leafly um, using lab-verified data. So we have been working for the past um, year and a half or so with select labs, cannabis-testing labs, throughout North America. And long story short, we take data from those labs, so measurements of cannabinoids and terpenes, the key active ingredients in cannabis. We have studied, studied that data and understood cannabis through that lens. And when we did that, forced us to rethink how we're doing things at Leafly and probably how, how we teach consumers the best ways to find the best cannabis for them. So we can unpack what all that means, but basically, yeah, we're taking in that data from the labs. We've learned a lot about cannabis by taking that data-driven approach. And from that data, we've actually built really, new, um, really cool new educational um, and visualization tools for cannabis consumers.
0: So does this mean that my idea of Sativa and Indica is going to change? Yes, and how these things might affect me, and I may I may shop differently based on the information that you're gonna share with us. Yes. Cool. This yeah. is really cool. I'm so excited. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what? I mean, what's your favorite strain?
0: I, I like sativa dominant hybrids. Yeah. Um, I really currently like uh, mimosa. Mimosa. Tangi. Okay. Mhm.
2: Okay, cool. Um, so we'll keep that in mind, and maybe maybe we'll look at what that looks like in a minute. Um, but the basic idea here is, so what's the basic idea of indica sativa hybrid? Well. I think for me, me, it's a couple things. One, it's a necessary simplification for consumers, right? Cannabis is super complicated. There's thousands of strains, allegedly. There's thousands of brands. Um, there's all kinds of products. You walk into a retail environment for the first time as a novice consumer in a legal market, um, you're completely overwhelmed. That's that's. The typical response, um, because it is overwhelming and it's scary, right? If you've never consumed cannabis before, or it's been 20 years since you've consumed cannabis, it's not—it's not a trivial thing to do. Um, so you need a simple system that helps people navigate that space. Indica sativa hybrid, purple, green, red. The red ones make you excited. Those plants are tall. The purple ones make you sleepy. Those plants are short. Then you have got hybrids that are in the middle. That's the basic idea, and where it comes from, right? Because that's been around for a long time. Um, Leafly didn't invent that. We—we we popularized that through through visualizing that for consumers in a really interesting way. And we're kind of doing that again, but in a new way. But Indica Hybrid's been around for a long time. It's been around since way before we had legal cannabis. So in an era of prohibition, right, you don't have a lot of research happening. You don't have lab data and other stuff that you can go study and and learn about. So people were forced to use their own personal experience and anecdotes and just what they could see with their eyes, right? So, okay, some plants are, are darker, some are shorter, some are taller, sometimes the leaves are thinner. And it's very natural to think, well, if the plants look different, they must be made out of different stuff, and therefore that's where the, the differences in feelings come from. Um, is
0: this can I, can I just ask, is this the difference between genotypes and phenotypes?
2: Yes. Um, well, y- yes, let's unpack that. Yeah. So the genotype is the genetic makeup of a plant, right? So the DNA it has. So we each have our own genotype. My genotype a little bit different from yours and yours. Um, and the phenotype is related to the genotype. The, the phenotype is the expression of the genotype. So your genetics plus the environmental inputs that, that go into the nature, and the nurture. You, nature and nurture together are going to affect how your genotype expresses itself in terms of the, the physical and the chemical features of your body, or in the case of a plant, the physical and chemical features of, of that plant. So genotype and chemotype, that's another interesting word. So chemotype is uh, like a specific type of phenotype. And so in the context of cannabis, you'll often hear scientists and other people talk about the chemotype. So it's the, the chemical phenotype of a strain. Okay. Meaning and the
0: cannabinoids and the terpenes? Correct.
2: Correct. So every strain will tend to have a particular chemotype. That chemotype is largely due to its genetics, its genotype, but also the environment can, can modulate, the environment can, can um, influence that chemotype um, a little bit as well. And, and we can talk about all those things and I can show you, really show you how, how those things are affected um, in a God moment. You. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've actually built a way so that people can literally see with their eyes what the chemotype of a strain is. Wow. Um, and that's what that's what we'll talk about. Okay. Holy yeah. fuck. Dude. Yeah. So what we've okay. done is we've actually, we've taken this data from the labs, cannabinoids, terpenes, all that stuff.
0: May I ask how many this labs across several states in the yes. US? Yes.
2: Yes, several. We're always looking for new lab partners, but we are very particular about who we work with. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, one of the first one of the first things we did to kind of get started down this journey was um, me and a colleague of mine back, back at Harvard looked at um, lab data from Washington State. So just by, just by dumb luck, I, I moved to Washington. Um, and Washington, it turns out, um, the laws there were such that um, all of the compliance data, all the things that are required for cannabis testing for products, legal products, um, that's all accessible. Um, you can get that from the state. So I could do a Freedom of Information Act request to the state I could get all that data. That didn't include terpenes. It was just cannabinoids like THC and CBD. So that's what we started with. But what what I quickly realized, and then, of course, right, I'm learning the industry and I'm talking to people. And I I quickly start to learn, you know, back in 2016 that not all the labs are, are doing good science. So, you know, I'm coming from academia into the private sector. And I'm just not used to thinking this way. But, you know...
0: Meaning, like the machinery they're using is not up to no, par, or no, that's no,
2: unfortunately not. So they're no. fucking up the their reasons, numbers. Yeah, the, yeah. Okay, wow. there, there, are business motives people have for doing this, and mm-hmm. that's just that's the way it is, unfortunately. Uh. And so, and this is this is going to tie into why we're doing this as well, because it all at the end of the day comes back to consumer education, and a lack of proper consumer education is what drives this bad behavior, which I'm about to describe. So you still today, it starts with the consumer buying stuff and using their dollars to, to vote, basically. So consumers walk into stores, many of them, not all of them, but many consumers are still trying to maximize the amount of THC they get for every dollar they spend, right? So if something's 15 bucks, and the thing next to it's 15 bucks, and one thing's 25, one thing's 19, that 25% THC thing is going to sell faster. So that puts pressure on the retailer. So when the growers and the brands come to them and say, put my product on your shelf, no, put my product on your shelf." Well, if you've got something that says 19.4, and then the next guy or the next gal has something that says 20.8 they're going to take the second one because they know it's probably going to sell faster so then that puts pressure on the brands and the growers right they want to work with labs that are going to give them numbers that are higher and you know mystically magically when you look at the lab data you often see uh, you know oh, there's, a, there's a lot of samples that are right at about 20 25 percent a lot of the concentrates are at 70 75 percent um, and basically when you compare labs um, there's just clear skewing of the data and, and things that just can't be true. And it's because the labs have this business motivation to produce higher numbers for the growers because the growers are pressured by the retailers because people oftentimes are buying to maximize THC levels. And it's not all about THC. That's, that's an important thing that many consumers don't understand yet, right? There's a lot more to cannabis than that. And that's another motivation for what, what we're doing is we're getting people to focus on the whole flower, not just the THC percentage.
0: Are you still talking about the entourage effect? Is that yeah, the term that you absolutely. would use?
2: Absolutely, yeah. And I think the entourage effect is super interesting, um, and and it's important to realize um, there's still a lot we don't know about it. So um, the best example, the, the the only like real clear bona fide example of an entourage effect is THC and CBD interacting with each other. So just just for anyone who doesn't know, the entourage effect is a term that's been around for a while now, and it, um, it basically means that combinations of drugs or combinations of chemical compounds can interact with each other so that the combination of compounds has a very, very different effect than any one of them on its own. There's interactive effects, um, and this influences potentially your cannabis experience. The best example of something like that is THC and CBD. So, so how does it work? Well, you've got an endocannabinoid system. This is the receptor system in your body that that does a lot of cool stuff, but it's what enables you to have um, for cannabis to do what it does, right? You get high and you have effects from cannabis largely because of your endocannabinoid system. The major receptor, there's two major receptors in that system, CB1, CB2. CB1 receptor is basically the one that's responsible for the psychoactive effects of THC. So THC activates the CB1 receptor, and that's, that's the major driver of the psychoactive effects. Now, CBD does not activate that receptor it it still interacts with that receptor but in a very different way it basically kind of like sticks onto the side of the receptor and it makes it harder for things like thc and activators of the receptor to actually do that so as you change the thc cbd ratio you're going to get very different effects from a cannabis product because thc is trying to stick to that receptor and then cbd basically kind of gets in the way and that's gonna that's, that's gonna like a sh- shitty wingman yeah <laughs> sort of or yeah. or a good one because, or a good one because sometimes people don't want They're not going to get the best experience from very high THC levels. You know, balanced strains that have a mix of THC and CBD often produce effects or they don't produce certain side effects that are ideal for someone. So CBD can actually mitigate some of THC's negative side effects. Um, That can include things like short-term memory impairment. So there's some evidence to show that, that if you add CBD to the THC you're consuming, you can mitigate some of that short-term memory impairment, basically the, the stoned part of being high. That would be the basic idea, um, as well as other things. And, and then, of course, CBD has um, some potential medical benefits as well. So if you're a medical patient, right, you might need that THC. You might need the CBD. You might need some of both. Um, it really depends on your particular situation.
1: So maybe a better way to describe it than a bad wingman is it's like salt for your food.
2: Yeah. Like you. Yeah. It's, it's how much salt do you like exactly. and what, why do you need it? Exactly. Yeah, it's going to be—yeah, it's not better or worse. It's different. The experience will be different and everyone always wants me to tell them too well, tell me exactly exactly what the experience is going to be like and that's really difficult to do out of the gate <laughs> because everybody's body's different everyone has a unique endocannabinoid system and not everyone responds to cannabis the same way so if i try mimosa and it's your favorite strain it might not be my favorite strain mimosa might make me feel anxious and it might not make you feel anxious. I might like a balanced strain with CBD. You might also like it. You might not like it. Everybody's different. And you're not going to get one set of effects for everybody out there for each cannabis product, right? So if you go, you know, so if you go to a store you know, and something says, you know, sleepy, sleepy on the box, maybe it will make you sleepy. Maybe it'll make most people sleepy. Maybe it'll make half the people out there sleepy. Maybe it'll only make 20% of the people out there sleepy. Cannabis is a highly personal thing based on its complexity and its richness. And so you need highly personalized recommendations for people based on who they are, you know, their body, their experiences, and then what the product actually is based on what it's made out of. And that, that second part, allowing people to see the products based on what they're made out of, that's what we've done. And so then we're gonna tie those two things together so that we can give people personalized recommendations on Leafly, rather than just generic, right? What's Indica Steva Hybrid attempting to do? Well, basically what that communicates to people is there's just three types of cannabis, Purple ones will make you sleepy no matter who you are. Red ones will make you excited no matter who you are. And then green ones are in the middle. And it just turns out that's probably not the case. Now, there are different types of cannabis, but it doesn't really map onto those categories in, this, in, in a good way in terms of the chemotype. Now, there are physical differences, but who needs to know about the physical differences? It's, it's the growers, right? If, I, if I'm growing cannabis, I need to know how tall does my light need to be, what's the flowering cycle going to be, 10 weeks or longer, um, things like that. The chemical features, right, the key active ingredients of cannabis, that's what the consumer should really care about because that's what's going to drive the effects. And it just so happens that the physical features of the plants and the chemical features of the plants don't don't match up as nicely as we would have liked or that we used to think.
0: But all of that Indica-Sativa uh, hybrid work that Leafly has done over the years is still very useful for growers and people who do want to know about absolutely. the genotypes. absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And we're not getting rid of that. So you're still going to be able to search for and filter for strains based on Indicastiva hybrid. We're still going to have the growing information on the strain pages because we want, I mean, Leafly is a cannabis information platform for everyone. So it doesn't matter if you're a grower or a consumer or both or neither. Um, We want all of the information that's relevant to you to be there. And we want to tailor your experience on Leafly to who you are. Um, But, you know, the number one type of person that, that is a Leafly user is someone interested in consuming cannabis. And so we want to get really good and really smart about helping them get to the right cannabis experience as quickly as possible. And in order to do that, we had to create a framework that actually worked. And when I say that, I mean, let, let's just say, let's just say you go try an Indica because you're having trouble sleeping and your butt tender told you try an Indica, they're sleepy. You go try, and I've heard, I've heard, I'm not making this up, I've heard these types of stories many times. You go home, you try it. You try the the purple thing and it doesn't make you sleepy. It gives you the opposite effect sometimes. And you're up all night. Well, now now you're in a really precarious situation. How do you not now do you just stop consuming cannabis or not try anything else because you don't you don't trust the recommendations you're going to get? Or do you go try a red one, thinking it's going to be the opposite? Maybe maybe, maybe I'm just weird. Maybe the red one will, will make me sleepy and not the purple one. Well, what you're assuming is that the red ones are always going to be different from the purple ones, and I can tell you that that's often not the case. So when you actually look at how these things look and what's inside of them, the Indicas and Sativas aren't always different. Sometimes Indicas can look like Sativas and vice versa. Sometimes two Indicas can be completely different chemotypes from each other. Same thing for Sativas. Sometimes hybrids, and like two-thirds of the strains that are out there are labeled hybrid because there's just so much hybridization happening. The hybrids can be very, very different, but they're all green rectangles today. So you're giving me mad anxiety right now, <laughs> and I
1: really need to like, smoke what I think would be an Indica. So with all of the guessing and testing that you're talking about, where did that all lead?
2: Yeah. So let me let me show you and then I guess we can describe this for the people listening. Okay, great. So for you guys, I'll start with the data and I'll show you what the actual data looks like and then I'll show you what we made from it. So this is um, this is real data. So I am just showing them I'm showing them a, a 3D map of cannabis. And this is a map of chema chemotypes of all flower products in North America. So so what you're seeing is a bunch of dots on a graph. And w- Basically, the way this graph works is when two dots are close together, that means you're looking at two flower samples that have a very similar chemical profile. All the cannabinoids, all the terpenes, there's 25 or so that get measured. Those things are very similar. So if two things are very close together, similar chemical makeup. If two things are very far apart, very different chemical makeup. And therefore, they will have different effects. If they're close, they will have similar effects. And so now the game we can play is, well, first let's just look at this. And notice that most of the dots are kind of in one one part of this but then you've got like you know, there's a little thing sticking out there and there's another little constellation it's like constellation an outlier there. kind of thing it's like Madagascar yeah, yeah. so there's uh, weird or unusual or, or unique strains that have a different profile from most of the strains that are out there so the first thing we do is well let's just add the red the green and the purple to all these dots so if indica sativa hybrid is going to be a good method for consumers to reliably find things with similar or different effects then we should see purple on one side red on the other side green in the middle mm-hmm this is what we see. Wow. Get the fuck out.
0: It just it looks like a gumball machine. They're all mixed in together. Yeah,
2: they're all mixed together. Now, there's a, couple, there's a couple little tiny pockets where you get, like, some red ones, for example, and we'll talk about that, but, but it's a mishmash. Wow. Um, so it doesn't look the way we would like it to look. Mm-hmm. But we can color these a different way, and now notice that the colors are nice and separate, right? You've got blue, you've got green, you've got yellow, etc., and they're separated. So what is the color here? Well, the color is the single most abundant terpene for that sample.
0: Terpenes. Yeah.
2: So, so what are we looking at? So this big blob here where most of the data is, those are all THC dominant strains, right? So very low levels of CBD. And that's most of what's out there. That's why there's so many points, right? 80 to 85% roughly of flower products on shelves today are going to be THC dominant. Even though CBD is super, super popular and it's exploding popularity, the CBD strains... That's that little blob there.
0: That's the Madagascar?
2: They're off to the side. Okay. Right? So it's a small blob because there's many fewer CBD strains and THC strains, mm-hmm. and um, and they're less diverse. So people have not spent as much time breeding diversity in terms of the terpene profile into CBD strains yet. So it's really hard to find certain types of terpene profiles in CBD strains. But notice, these colors are all clumped together, right? And the color is just that one dominant terpene, myrcene, pinene, caryophylline, terpinylene, limonene. But again, the... The the data is based on the full profile. And so what that tells you, conveniently, yeah. is that if you just know it's THC-dominant, you just know it's CBD-dominant or balanced, and you just know the top terpene or certainly the top two or three terpenes, it actually tells you a lot about the full profile. Not everything. Sure. Not everything. But it means that we can tell you, as a consumer, a lot about that product, even if we're only showing you a few of its key ingredients. This is so neat. Yeah. This is really cool. Like. But I can't, oh. put, I can't put this graph on Leafly, right? Mm-hmm. It's, too, it's, just, it's just not going to work. And you can see, right, so all of these points are telling you a producer from a given state. So there's orange cream from one producer, similar to sugar cookie from another producer, similar to platinum Girl Scout cookies from another. And once you look at the data, you start noticing lots of patterns. But the, the challenge for us, what basically took us about a, a year of product and design work, was essentially how do we turn this graph into something that the average person can use? Mm -hmm. Um, And the best way to do that is just to, um, well, I'll show you what it looks like. And then the best way to understand it is just to make your own. So what we've actually done is we've built um, a generative design system. So we've built a software system which takes that lab data and automatically in real time builds a representation for that strain or that product based on the lab data. And and so you can make your own strain. So you can make a strain and then find what's similar to it that's out there. So Um, I'm sorry,
1: but like as somebody who spends a lot of time at Nike making custom shoe designs with different colors and different looks and all of that, essentially what you're showing us is the same way that you can play that game
2: for your, okay, I'm I'm just trying to put into context for people listening, like how you, what you can do. Right. It's like designing, it's like designing your own strain. And then we can find things that are similar to it that are out there if they're out there. Or if there's nothing like that out there, we can start to record that information and then communicate that to growers. Right. Like, hey, a lot of people want this thing and there's not that much of it out there. So let's let's walk through this and, and make it okay, clear. Great. Great. And it'll be clear on Leafly very soon because you'll be able to see it. Yeah. Um, but we wanna, we've learned about all this stuff, all these chemicals, and we wanna make it simple. So we're using shapes and colors. So we use shapes to convey information about cannabinoids. So we've got things like diamonds, circles, triangles, and other things. THC is diamond, CBD is circle. Those are the two most common cannabinoids out there. Those are the two that matter the most today. There are other ones out there, and we can talk about those. And as those become more and more common, we can automatically capture them with this system. Um, So shapes are cannabinoids. Diamonds are pointy. THC is psychoactive. It's intoxicating. CBD is technically psychoactive, even though it doesn't get you high. Um, CBD is a circle, right? So two very different shapes because they're two very different effects will come from those. And then the, the terpenes are going to be colors, right? So the goal here is even if you're a consumer who doesn't know anything about this stuff, doesn't know anything about cannabinoids or terpenes or any of that, we still want you to be able to see, literally see the difference between two strains, if there is a difference, or see the similarity. And and what we want people to understand is what kind of cannabis works best for them. And when I say that, you know, think about, think about something like beer or wine. So the beer and the wine industry... Are set up so that all of the products are organized in one common way so that no matter who you are, no matter where you are on the planet, no matter what type of who who your favorite brand is, you can always find, you can always order a beer in a bar, right? 100%. -hmm. I I know that I like amber ales, so no matter where I go, I can order an amber ale and know I'm probably going to like it. I don't like Pilsner, so I'm never going to order a Pilsner. I agree with you. (laughs) <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I like an IPA. <laughs> yeah, IPA. <laughs> so, Indica steva hybrid is an attempt to do that, but we just saw with that data that it doesn't quite work. Right. So, we want to we want that same idea, but we need it to actually reflect the differences that are there. And so this is how we're doing it. So, this is what Blue is going to look like. Okay. So, I'm going to walk you through a few strains and then we'll unpack what we're looking at. Okay, okay, great. So, this is Blue Dream, most popular strain all time in terms of traffic. Um, more reviews for Blue Dream than any other. It's a sativa-dominant hybrid, but we're not emphasizing that here. We are emphasizing that it's THC-dominant.
0: Very pointy. Diamonds,
2: pointy. And it's got a particular terpene profile. So we could talk about the terpenes that are in it, or we could talk about the aroma, or we could talk about the flavor, right? The terpenes are going to help dictate the flavor and the aroma and potentially the effects as well. And Blue Dream's got a particular color here. By chance, it happens to be blue and then green because it's got high levels of myrcene and pinene. And it's different in some ways than gelato. So gelato is actually about to eclipse Blue dream in terms of popularity on Leafly. Um, it's, it's a strain, I believe it came from California, so it's like shot up in popularity the last year or so. Similar THC levels on average, pointy, diamonds, different color profile because it's got a different terpene profile. This terpene profile is often what like a cookie strain would look like. High caryophylline, high limonene, high humulene. Um, so similar in some ways, different in other ways. What about something that's got more of a funky, weird profile yeah, to it? Yeah, let's do some cheesy. Uh, Dutch treat. Dutch treat is something that people often say is unusual in terms of the effects and, and the taste. Um, notice that the color is different, right? Orange. Orange is that was one of those. That was one of those weird blobs on the graph kind of sticking out. Notice we got other shapes in there, too. So we've got some minor cannabinoids creeping up in some of these strains that are uncommon in other strains. Um, And then you've got something like ACDC, right? High CBD, round, no points. Um, This is not going to have intoxicating effects. The key thing is that you can see that these are four different strains. Four different strains with four different profiles, which means they're going to have four different kinds of effects. That's the key thing for the consumer to understand. Now, if they want to dig in and learn more, we're going to be there at Leafly to, to teach them about that. But even if they don't, you want to be able to see whether or not two products are similar or different. Yeah. And, and I you, can remember colors that work for me. Exactly. And I want people, just like with beer, we like amber ales, you like IPAs. I want someone to figure out, oh, I like, the, I like the blue diamonds or I like the orange diamonds. And so what we can do is we can actually pull out that centerpiece. And then this would be like the simplest possible way you could represent the strains this way. One shape, one color. Most abundant cannabinoid, most abundant terpene. Doesn't tell the whole story. The flower tells you more. That doesn't tell you the whole story. If you want to dig in even deeper, we can help you with that as well. But this is going to tell you the key, the key features of the strains that are going to matter to help you get to the right product. And the reason this is so important, right, is these are all hybrids. Wow. They're completely different profiles. Mm-hmm. We just saw that, but they're all green rectangles today. And that's becoming more and more true over time. Yeah. You know, a couple of years, 80, 80% plus of the strains out there are going to be considered hybrids. Mm-hmm. That's not very helpful. Um, and so what we want to do... Is allow people to see differences when they exist and see similarities when they exist. Not only find what they want, but avoid what doesn't work for them. Right? Imagine you go in today. You know, you might go into a dispensary um, and you say, uh, "I'm looking for cannabis for whatever reason." But tender says, "Great. Why don't you try? Why don't you try gelato? Super popular. Everybody loves it. It's a popular hybrid." You go home. It makes you anxious. Come back the next day or the next week. It's like, "Hey, um, you know, I tried that gelato." didn't work out for me i got paranoid um do you have do you have anything else you would recommend the bartender today might say why don't you try girl scout cookies it's another popular hybrid girl scout cookies looks just like that same profile similar profile so that's not what you want you want to you want to give them a different kind of cannabis and so this is really think of it like a map or a framework the indica thing it's like it's like if you were in new york city and someone gave you a map of seattle and said here use this to get around there's nothing wrong with a map it's a fine map for seattle yeah but i'm in new york i need to go i need to know <laughs> how to get around new york and so that's that's kind of like the indica steve thing is fine it tells you about the physical features of the plant um and but that's that's appropriate for a certain type of person not a consumer it just turns out um and so what's really cool or oh or, it's cool or disturbing is oh okay. this is what the flowers look like for indica steva hybrid so if i just take all of the data and I average it across all the indicas all the stevas all the hybrids they look pretty damn similar right they're all pointy because most stuff out there is THC dominant and blue is the primary color because myrcene is the most common terpene out there about 35 to 40 percent of flower products today are myrcene dominant so the full diversity that cannabis is capable of displaying is not actually reflected in the marketplace today so I know I could show you what all these strains look like and also a great choice on uh, snowflakes because each one is different. It's a very nice touch. Yep. Each honestly. one is not it's different, actually. But it's not. Oh, so That's, that's, that's part of the point is there's many strains that are similar to each other. And so if you start to just stare at this for a while, what you realize is there's some patterns here, right? There's actually just a wow. few basic types of cannabis. It's just not the ones we're used to thinking about. Yeah. Right. So notice that right? most of these are pointy, right? Way more THC strains than CBD strains. A lot of blue. A lot of high-mercene strains. A lot of this fuchsia color. A lot of caryophyllene. Solid amount of yellow solid amount of limonene, mm-hmm. not as much orange, but it's there, not very much green, and now we've run out of colors. So there's no, for example, um, there's no other terpenes that are dominant commonly, commonly. You can find some really, really, really rare ones, and, w- and we'll talk about that, but most strains can be accounted for by just these five colors, right? Blue, green, fuchsia, yellow, orange, I think those are the colors we're using. So that's myrcene, pinene, caryophylline, limonene, and terpenolene. 98, 99% of all the flour that's out there today is going to be dominant in one of those terpenes. There are some exceptions, you know. Sometimes some other things creep in there, um, but a lot of that diversity just hasn't been bred in yet. So, like in these gaps here, so I'm pointing to some blank splo- spots on the screen. Those are strains that could exist, but have not become very common or have not been made yet. So, there's no yellow circular strain here because it's almost impossible to find a CBD dominant strain that's high in limonene. No one's, no one's bred it yet. No kidding. There's not, I've never seen a CBD dominant terpenaline strain, high Um I've never seen, you know, well, I've almost never seen a linalool dominant THC strain. Um, it's really hard to get some of those terpenes to come up and come down. And without a map, without a map that allows people to just see what this landscape of strains looks like chemically, it's hard to know what to do, right? Like if I don't have a map to look at as a grower, I don't know. I don't necessarily know where the gaps are in terms of chemistry uh, or at least it's very difficult um and so that's basically what we've done
0: this is so amazing and i know we've had uh, we've had such an incredible time learning about this and we have to let you go because you have a uh, news to give Ooh, let's v- do this real quick oh, okay okay
2: okay um so we'll just we'll make our own strain here yes Mary please, Jane. Okay. so what i mean how much thc do you want
0: I actually like a nice balance between THC and CBD. So I would okay. say like three to one maybe.
2: Okay. So I won't crank it up too high, but you can see what happens when I do. Right. Yep. These things get pointier. Okay. Right? So we're making a strain right now. Things on the screen are, are morphing and changing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll take it down here and let's add some CBD, but not too much. And now we get some circles that pop yeah, up. Yeah, that looks great. Yeah. And so this would be kind of similar to the cannabinoid profile of something like, like maybe can- canatonic or harlequin. Okay. Um, and those ones would each be high in Mercene. Those are both mercy dominant strains, I believe. Um, they've probably got some caryophylline in there. And you can just start to see what happens, right? As I add the colors in, as I add the terpenes in, the, the flower's getting colored in. So as you change the terpenes, and we're gonna allow consumers to do this using the terpene names or using the flavors associated with them, because most people don't know what the terpenes are yet. Right. So it'll say, you know, hoppy, piney, fruity. Um, and that's just much more intuitive for people. Then you can just build your own strain. And then on Leafly, we'll, ha- we'll be able to recommend you similar products, right? So just like Amazon or Netflix, right? You pick your favorite movie, you buy your product, people like this also like this, similar strains based on what people said in terms of the feelings, or similar profile, or both of those things. We'll be able to tell you what's out there that's similar to what you created, or what you've tried before. Fuck. You have
1: asked the most important questions and found incredible answers by asking those questions.
2: Thank you for doing this.
0: Thank you so much. This is so cool. When can people, or where, rather, can people find this information? Can they just go to Leafly.com?
2: Yes, they can go to Leafly.com or download the Leafly app. Um, It's free for Android and iOS. Um, and this will all be on Leafly uh, very soon. So October, it'll all be up there and, and it'll be a whole new, whole new Leafly.
0: And I'm, I'm guessing that this is going to be really exciting for the research community and for a lot of cannabis reporters and cannabis consumers and people who want to cook with cannabis and all this kind of yeah. stuff. It's really going to change the game for a lot of people who love the plant.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like a recipe book. I mean, that's literally we're just looking at the ingredients and then just kind of mapping out what things look like. So um, exciting. This is incredible. Nick, so thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. Thank you guys. Um, also, congrats on your new...
0: Oh, I have a new strain. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, go to Leafly.com immediately. Yeah. That's it, right? This yeah.
0: information is so incredible. Thank you for uh, stopping by and telling us all about it.
1: Thank you guys. Check out at Weed and Grub on Instagram. Go to Grub.com. Leave us a five-star review. Write a review if you have the time. And this has been an incredible conversation. Bye, everybody. Bye.